High levels of oil compounds have been found in food in Labrador. CRA has fired 20 employees for improperly accessing CERB during the pandemic. Two Canadian warships have been dispatched to the Baltic Sea for NATO mission. And black women are dying at shockingly high rates after childbirth in the United States. Good morning. It's Tuesday, July 4th. I'm Nora. Here are your headlines. First, we start in Labrador, where the Nunatsiavut government has said that they've found elevated levels of oil compounds in eggs and Arctic char in the areas of Nain and Postville. The VOCM article says that testing first started in 2020 after a diesel spill near Postville in Kaikopok Bay. In 2021, both Nain and Postville were found to have elevated oil levels in food. Health Canada has put out guidelines for how many eggs that people should eat to avoid possible long-term cancer risks because of the contamination. For example, Sadler eggs shouldn't be consumed at a rate of more than 1.5 times per month for young children and 8 eggs per month per adult. Duck eggs are safer and the levels are higher for consumption, but... Black guillemot eggs shouldn't be consumed nearly at all. The recommendation is for children aged 1 to 4 to not eat more than 0.1 black guillemot eggs per month. And for adults, they should only eat one egg every two months. These recommendations are for folks in Postville. Allowable amounts are higher for folks in Nain. Information for 2022 contamination levels will be coming out soon, and the government says that it isn't necessarily the case that the contamination is coming from a single source. There may be multiple sources. Local food systems are critical for Inuit communities in Labrador and all across Canada. Poisoned food from industry spills further threatens already threatened food security in Labrador's north. News now from CRA. They've fired 20 employees for receiving the emergency benefit CERB during the pandemic. CTV's Michael Lee says that that number is quote-unquote likely to increase as the agency is investigating about 600 people. The article starts with an explanation from CRA, which makes it hard to know what might actually be fact here. CRA, quote, takes any form of wrongdoing very seriously, unquote, they say, and that, quote, the highest standard of employee conduct must be upheld, unquote. That's all above actual explanations in the article of what we're talking about. And so this is where things get murky. CRA says that some of the people who received CERB and who were employed by CRA, quote unquote, may have been eligible. Firing an employee only happened after an investigation and discipline followed, quote, the level of seriousness of the misconduct. As someone who knows a lot about how people were told to apply for CERB and who did apply and then who found themselves stuck in a bureaucratic nightmare, I'm a bit skeptical of this line from CRA, especially if they have contract staff who probably were eligible, as CRA says. I wonder if any of these workers had applied for EI and then were automatically bumped to CERB, as so many Canadians were, and who, after the fact, were considered to have acted inappropriately. And let's be clear, it's not like the government's own instructions were all that easy to follow, 
Could people have applied in error? Could people have felt like they needed extra money because they didn't know if they were going to get their paychecks from CRA because of the Phoenix payroll issues that continue to delay and make pay a problem? CRA isn't alone in the decision to fire workers who improperly received CERB. Employment and Social Development Canada also fired people. They fired 49 people for receiving CERB while employed by the department. But there's no information in this article about that. In an article they link to, there's also no further information about the 49 people who were fired by ESD Canada. But a representative from the agency said that none of the 49 fired workers used any special agency access to systems to apply for the benefits. Quote, they did it on their own time, unquote, it says. And they were all forced to pay it back just like everyone else who was deemed ineligible. So if they weren't charged with theft, they weren't charged with fraud, they did it on their own time. If this is news enough to be reported by CTV, we need more information. This is the kind of article that badly needs comment from the union because it sounds more like another in a long parade of articles about how many Canadians tried to scam the system through CERB and its measly $2,000 payments, while information about corporations who got the money that they shouldn't have gotten has been next to zero. Next, two of Canada's warships have left Halifax Harbour Monday. They're going to join a NATO mission in the Baltic region, quote, aimed at deterring Russian aggression, unquote, reports the Canadian press. The HMCS Schwinnigan and the HMCS Summerside will be hunting and disposing mines in the North Atlantic. Both ships will have 45 crew members and will be deployed for four months. It will all fall under the umbrella of Operation Reassurance. That's Canada's current largest mission and the one that, quote, contributes to NATO assurance and deterrence measures in Central and Eastern Europe, unquote, as per the website for the Department of National Defense. Now, before you think to yourself, wait, I didn't think NATO was fighting Russia. The Canadian press has comment from Rear Admiral Josie Kurtz to disabuse you of this thought. She says, quote, even if NATO is not directly involved in what's happening in Ukraine with Russia, the fact that we are positioning the alliance to be ready to react if called upon is very important. The allied waters will be much safer, unquote. The Canadian press adds this as well as if we hadn't read the comment just above from Kurtz in lifts directly from Kurtz comments saying, Right below, quote, while NATO is not directly involved in Russia's war with Ukraine, a top NATO military officer said Monday the alliance is reinforcing the security of nearby member countries, unquote. Here's a list of where things are at for NATO. They have 40,000 troops on the Black Sea from Estonia to Romania. 100 aircraft, quote, take to the skies in that territory each day, unquote. Sorry, I can't paraphrase poetry. And 27 warships are in the Baltic and Mediterranean seas. NATO is working to mobilize up to 300,000 troops in the next 30 days. NATO is trying to match Russia's strength from 17 months ago, the article says. And finally, to the United States, where a new study is showing that over the 10-year period between 1999 and 2019, the number of people who died within a year after giving birth has more than doubled. The highest number of deaths were among Black women. And recall, the study ended in 2019, before COVID-19 and its related impacts on childbirth. 
1999, there were 505 maternal deaths. By 2019, that number rose to 1,210. When adjusted to be deaths per 100,000 live births, the rate went from 12.7 deaths to 32.2 deaths per 100,000 live births. The greatest jump was among Indigenous childbearers, from 14 deaths per 100,000 births to a stunning 49.2 deaths. The U.S. has the highest rate of maternal mortality among wealthy nations, reports Al Jazeera. The rates among Black childbearers remains high even when socioeconomic status is adjusted for. Biden's administration has said that they plan to increase access to maternal health services. Well, that's quite the way to go out on this July 4th, of course, a holiday in the United States celebrating that country. I'm Nora, and those were your headlines. You're listening to this podcast at sandyandnora.com, through the Real News Network, or syndicated on campus radio stations across Canada. It's Sandy Nora Day. I hope you have a great day and listen to a new Sandy Nora episode drop in the next couple of hours.